Blog Talk Radio.
Apostle, I just went in the room and got my shofar. I know Play this it. is the Holy Ghost. Just Play now. It. Play it. When the man went in, 
and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the clouds, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord. I'm in the wrong chapter. Let me go back. I'm, I'm not starting chapter 9. Glory be to God. Chapter 9, verse 3. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house, called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said, who said it? The Lord said unto him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents the church. And set a mark upon the forehead of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others, he said, in my hearing, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither let neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And begin at my sanctuary, begin at my house, begin, hallelujah, with my people, which are called by my name. And, and, they, and, and, and they began at the ancient men, which were before the house. And he said unto them, defile the house, ah, glory, 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 and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. And it came to pass while they were slaying them, and I was left, that I fell upon my face and cried and said, Ah, Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in pouring out of thy fury? See, the cup of God's wrath is being poured out right about now. I'm telling you, judgment, it has begun. It's not going to begin, but it has begun at the house of God. He said, at my sanctuary. Then said I unto me, then said he unto me, the iniquity of the house of Israel and of Judah feeding great, and the land is full of blood. Good God Almighty. And the city full of perverseness. For they say, the Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. Glory be to God. Our topic tonight is, it has begun. We're talking about the judgment of God that was promised over in the book of First Peter, chapter 4, verse number 17. It says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
You see, God is judging, hallelujah, the church. He said, hallelujah. He said, look at, he said, go and utterly slay everybody, the men, the women, the children, and the young maidens. He said, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Begin at my house, says the Lord. In other words, God spoke to this angel. He said, don't go, don't go and slay the wicked yet. Get my people first. My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. But what's happening is the people of God have not humbled themselves. They are not seeking God's face and they are not praying because I watched a video. I watched a video from um, the new year, uh, a man of God that, uh, uh, that claims to be a bishop. He had uh, 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 rap music playing in his church by this man uh, who is a rap artist, and the song is called Walk It Out. The song is so nasty. The lyrics are so nasty. I won't even repeat them over the air tonight. That's just how nasty the song is. And the people were dancing, walking it out, just like they were in the club. They were dropping it like it was hot in the house of God. God said, look what they are doing in my sanctuary. In other words, this is God's house, and they have defiled God's house. And, you know, the devil the devil is clever because the devil has deceived them and said they got to have a church that is relevant to the culture. You are a liar. That is a flat-out lie. The church is not supposed to be relevant to the culture. The church, Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. A city that that stands on the hill. You cannot hide this light. So we can never come down and try to be relevant to the culture, we have to be that light, glory be to God, that stands on a hill and the people are drawn to that light. We are called to be different. We are called, we are the called out assembly. The word church means ecclesia, the called out assembly. If God wanted us to be relevant to the world, he would have left us in the world. But I thank and praise God that he did not leave us in the world. He called us out to be light in dark places. The world is a dark place. Glory be to God. He said, let your light shine before men that men may see your good works. Glory be to God. We cannot be in the world and of the world. Glory be to God. And that's what he told the disciples. He said, you are in this world, but not of this world. And when you have a church that is relevant to the culture, it's of the world. Glory be to God. It's secular, and it's going to do what secular people do. 
And let me tell you something. Unsaved people will do anything. They will tell you anything. They will uh, 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 permit anything. Everything goes, hallelujah, in, 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 in secularism. I mean, they, they have a saying, I'm okay, you're okay. But that is not true. That's another lie from the pit of hell. So let me get into this message tonight. The judgment of God has begun on the house of God. Hallelujah. In 2024, God said he is shaking the tree, and he is shaking everything and everyone that is not in divine alignment with the Father's holy word, and they will be flushed out. Let me go to Haggai. Good God Almighty. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Haggai chapter 2. Listen at this. Listen at this. He said, yet it is once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations, the treasure of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory. The glory of the Lord has departed. You know what we're seeing in the churches today? It's the spirit of Ichabod, and people are trying to manufacture a move of God. They so they, 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 they just so far from God that they got to try to make it look like uh, uh, the glory. So they bring in the smoke machine. They are so far from God. The people of God, the, pe- the preachers, are not anointed. They are not anointed because they have no prayer. No prayer means no power. Glory be to God. And the churches, when is the last time you went to a prayer meeting? They don't even have prayer meetings. They have bingo night. They have hallelujah night. They have uh, 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 all sorts of other nights. But they do not have prayer night. Glory be to God. Why? Because prayer is not important to today's church. It's not relevant to the culture that we live in. They say, we ain't got time for that. We don't need to pray. We're just going to do our our dance. We're just going to shout. We're going to run around the church. We're going to cut Jericho left. But let me tell you something. After you get through doing all of that and the dust settles, there's still a devil and he's going to be on your trail. And the only thing that's going to get the devil off you is the same thing that Jesus used to get the devil off of him. It was the word of God. He said, it is written. Glory be to God. And the Bible said that the devil left him for a season. Glory be to God. You're going to have to be full of the word. But the church is not full of the word. You know why? Because they hire preachers, hirelings, and false prophets and proper liars who will come in and preach these itching ear messages. You know what they're telling the people? Oh, it's your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is on the way. It's your season. I see your miracle. Your miracle is at the door. And the people shout and holler, and they just carry on. And then and when the end is over, when the whole thing is said and done, and when the dust settles, uh, didn't nobody get rich but some false prophets. They have absconded with the people's money. Glory be to God. God is not pleased with this. God is tired of this mess. He said, where is the glory? Where is the form? 
God. You see, the words that are here for the church are thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanting. That comes out of Daniel 5 and 27. That was the word of the Lord, hallelujah, that Daniel spoke to Belshazzar. Good God Almighty, when Belshazzar, hallelujah, decided to have a party and he wanted to use the holy vessels of God, he brought out all the utensils and he was drinking his drinks and they were partying. And the Bible said that a hand appeared and it began to write on the wall, meaning, meaning, Tico, O'Farson, glory be to God. And Daniel was the only one that could interpret it. He said, thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanted. And that same night, not the next night, not the next week, not the next month, but that same night, good God Almighty, Belshazzar lost his life. Glory be to God. In other words, when it says, thou have been weighed in the balance, and are wanting. That means you coming up short. That means you're not measuring up to God's standard. Glory be to God. That's what it means when the church tries to be relevant to the culture of today. That means the church will not measure up to God's standard because God's standard is being holy for I am holy. The church is called to be the bride of Christ. Her garment must be spotless and white. Glory be to God. She must have washed herself and cleansed, been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Glory be to God. And her mind must be renewed by the washing of the water of the word of God. Glory be to God. You cannot preach these itching ear messages and expect the people's lives to change. Don't nobody life change off of your breakthrough is on the way. Don't nobody life get changed off of it's your season. Don't nobody life get changed off of that garbage. The word of God will dress you and undress you at the same time. Glory be to God. But they don't want to hear the word. They want to hear, uh, I see a financial breakthrough. They want to hear, I see a tall, dark man. Huh. They want to hear, uh, 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 I see a big check uh, is coming with your name on it. Glory be to God. But this is what they don't want to hear. It has begun. Judgment has begun at the house of God. And I know it's some people listening to me tonight. You don't want to hear this. Only thing I can say is cut your radio off because I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher like God gave it to me. Glory be to God in the highest. The church in America is in trouble, and we are in trouble with God. My husband told me something the other day. I said, honey, you know, the people are playing with God. I said, they come out better going to Walmart and buying them a wind-up toy and play with that. My husband said, no. He said, they come out better playing with a rattlesnake. I said, what? He said, yeah, they come out better playing with a rattlesnake. He said, because if a rattlesnake bites you and the poison get in you, he said, there is an antidote for that. He said, but if you play with God, there ain't no antidote for that. I said, my God, such wisdom, such wisdom. I'm telling you, the church has been weighed in the balance 
and are found wanting. The church in America is in trouble because she has failed to preach the gospel of salvation to lost souls, but has preached a false and a damnable and dangerous doctrine of devils, which is the gospel of prosperity. Everybody's telling you, your breakthrough is on the way. Glory be to God. But there's no breakthrough coming because this is an indictment from God against the pastors. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. I'm going to read this indictment to you. See, I want you to hear I want you to get it from the word, not from me. And uh, starting at the first verse. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, that's the pastors of Israel, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds, glory be to God. Woe is coming to the pastors, these pastors that are not pastors after God's own heart, these pastors that are hirelings, that flee when the wolf cometh, these pastors that are devouring God's people, woe be to you, glory be to God. He said, woe to the pastors that feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? Woe to these pastors that got the church members, buying them Cadillacs, buying them fancy clothes, buying them Rolex watches. Woe to the pastors that keep telling the church to come on and celebrate the pastor's birthday and to celebrate the first lady's birthday. Woe to the pastors that are feeding themselves off of the flock when they're supposed to be feeding the flock of God. They are fleecing the flock. They are taking every penny they can get, little old ladies and mothers who don't have but a, a fixed income, are taking their poor little Social Security checks, glory be to God, or their one retirement check that they got to pay all their bills out of, and they got to buy their medication, and these poor little old ladies are being asked to give $200 for the pastor's birthday. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You wicked shepherds. Good God Almighty, judgment has begun. Glory be to God. And he said, you eat the fat and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. You greedy dogs, you greedy preachers, you just raking in the money. You just raking it in. You boasting about your airplanes and how many jet airplanes you got. You boasting about the number of square feet in your house and God's people living in little matchboxes. Woe to you, greedy preachers. Woe to you. He said the disease ye have not strengthened. You have not even gone to help the poor. Glory be to God. You don't even have a benevolence fund. When they come in the church, they can't get nothing, nothing from you, because it's all got to go to you greedy shepherds. Glory be to God. He said, neither have ye healed that was sick. The Bible says that we're supposed to be able to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover when we pray the prayer of faith after anointing them with, but you don't even make altar calls. You don't even minister 
after you get through preaching, you have your entourage come and usher you out the sanctuary. Some of them packing guns because they know you done stole somebody else's money. They know you done messed around with somebody else's wife, and they're afraid that somebody's going to come up in the church one day to shoot you. But guess what? They ain't got to do it because God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. God's going to deal with you crooked, wicked shepherds for the things that you are doing to the flock. Glory be to God. You have not strengthened those that are diseased, neither have you healed that which was sick. You have not bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away. You don't even go after the lost. I'm not talking about the lost in the street. I'm talking about people that have left your church. You had members. Somebody offended them. Somebody hurt their feelings. You have not even gone after them. You have not even gone to see, well, brother so-and-so, what happened to you? We miss you. Won't you come back? Brother, uh, sister so-and-so, is there anything we can do to, to bring you back to the Lord? Glory be to God. You don't care because they ain't got no money. So you don't care about them no way. Glory be to God. You always talking about you looking for new members. No, you ain't looking for new members. You looking for new money. That's all you looking for, you greedy dogs. But the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Glory be to God. And many have pierced themselves through. Hallelujah. They're chasing after money. You don't care about the soul. All you care about is the money. You've been lining your pockets with the money of God. Glory be to God. But God's getting ready to shake you. Good God Almighty, he's going to shake out every coin that you've stolen from God's people. He's going to shake it out. Glory be to God. He's going to shake out wickedness. He's going to shake out unrighteousness. He's going to shake out lust and sexual immorality. He's going to shake it out. Some of you pastors have even abused the flock. You have made merchandise out of them. You've been having sex with God's sheep. Glory be to God. And God said, enough is enough. He said, I'm getting ready to snatch the colors off of you, and you're going to be butt naked in front of the whole public. He said, I tried to deal with you privately. I've come to you on many occasions, and I've warned you to stop doing what you're doing. He said, but you would not heed the private warning. He said, therefore, I'm going to publicly humiliate you. I'm going to snatch the colors off of you, and the whole world is going to see your nakedness. I'm here to tell you tonight, this word is from the Lord. It has begun. Judgment has begun. Glory be to God at the house of the Lord. He said, you have not sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled over them. Do you know some pastors have told the people of God while they were having sex with them, that they were making them sons and daughters of God, and that was part of the process. Where can you find that in the scripture? Where? You liars, you wicked liars and manipulators abusing God's people. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field. God said, after you got through raping them, then you turn them loose to the false prophets, and they came in like ravening wolves and raped the church 
took all the money, absconded. Some of them left and went to a foreign country because they got so much money, they got a boatload of money out of your church. And you and the false prophet went in the back and split the money. But God said, you won't get away. He said, you might think I don't see it, but how is it that the God who made eyes cannot see? How is it that you would believe that the God who made ears cannot hear? He said, I have seen your wickedness. He said, good God Almighty, I've seen all that you have done to my people, and I have heard their cry. He said, and I am come down to deliver them. I'm going to deliver them out of your teeth. Glory be to God. Just like David did. He said, he took one of the sheep out of the mouth of the lion, and he took one out of the paw of the bear. He said, and I'm going to deliver my sheep out of your hands. Glory be to God. And I, you will cease being a pastor over them. God said, I'm taking your pastorate. You will no longer feed my people, which you haven't been feeding them anyway. You've been feeding off of them. You're like a, 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 a leech. You've been feeding off of them. You're a parasite. That's all you've been doing is feeding yourself off of the people of God. He said, and, and they were scattered. My people were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. In other words, you left them to the predators, and they became a prey. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none, nobody went searching for them. Nobody went to seek after them. Nobody tried to get them back. Nobody, because you didn't care. You had gotten what you wanted, and then you discarded them like trash. You were through with them. You moved on to the next victim. But verse 8 says, as I live, saith the Lord God, surely, this is with guarantee. In other words, this is a promise. You can take it to the bank. Because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd search for my flock, but my shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. He said, I'm going to take away your pastorate. You're not going to feed my people because you've been feeding them lies anyway. He said, you're not going to feed my people anymore and you're not going to feed off of them anymore. He said, I'm getting ready to shut it down. Glory be to God. I'm going to shut the whole thing down, and then you will have to find you some other way to make money. He said, I will deliver my flock from your mouth, that they may not be meat for you anymore. Glory be to God in the highest. We read the indictment, and now God has given the verdict. I'm here to tell you 
Judgment has begun at the house of God. It has begun. Glory be to God in the highest. Glory be to God. The false prophets, there's an indictment against God, I mean from God, against the pastors and the false prophets. Let me go over here to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 13. Yeah, because y'all think, oh, she's just making this up. Oh, no, I'm strictly scripture. Jeremiah chapter 12, verses 10 and 9. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard and have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it desolate, and being desolate, it mourneth unto me. The land, the whole land, is made desolate because no man left it to heart. Now, started reading over in Ezekiel, the prophet was told to go to the man that had the writer's inkhorn in his hand. He was told to go and put a mark upon everyone who sighed and cried over the condition of Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents the church. There are people who are sighing and crying right now over the spiritual condition of the church. Let's look at Joel, Joel chapter 2. The word of the Lord says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, and call a solemn assembly. Let the people sanctify, gather the people, sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, see, this is intercession. Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? So the role or one of the roles of the priest and the minister, instead of robbing the people and taking all their money, the priest and the ministers need to be weeping between the porch and the altar because of sin being in the camp. But you don't care about seeing being in the camp long as they got their pocketbook or their debit card or their credit card with you. Because now you done got so fancy, y'all done put ATM machines in the church. Y'all know y'all some greedy dogs, just greedy dogs. Done put ATM machines in the church so you can get the people's money. You bring in these false prophets who proper lied to them, and then you got the ATM machine right there so they can go and get the money and give it to that false prophet. Let me tell you what happened to me one time. I went to a church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Somebody told me this was a good church, good pastor. And I went to the service. It was a, it was a, a daytime service. And the pastor, and then the pastor Start talking about, no, he hadn't preached. 
The pastor spent more time talking about the offering than he did uh, uh, on the word of God. So he told these people, he said, there are at least 30 people in here that got, the Lord said they got $300. And he told the people, if if you are one of them, get in line. I just looked. I said to myself, the Lord didn't tell me that, so I ain't getting up. I ain't had no $300, no way. So anyway, the people got up, and he kept saying there's 30. I know there's 30 in here, and it wasn't 30 in the line. So anyway, he kept going on and going on about this money, and then he said something. This one I really knew that this was a lying preacher. He told those people, some of y'all sitting in here got the $300. He said, but you need it for a bill. He said, and you're thinking in your mind, I got this money and I need to pay this bill. He said, but you get in the line and give the money. He said, and God going to bless you. He going to pay that bill. And then he said, and if he don't, call me, and I will pay the bill for you. Well, I did the math on that one. I said nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Why don't the people just keep the $300 and pay their bill? Why go through all of that? He told those people that God would bless them with the money if they gave it, if they sold it in his ministry. And then he said, but if God don't give you the money, now when, when can God make a promise and then go back on it? And then he said, if God don't give you the money, call me and I will give you the money. I said, oh, listen at this. I've been in the streets before. That sounds like the flim-flam game to me. I said, what kind of mess is this? That's what he told the people. I just looked at him. Because I already know I didn't have no $300. Wasn't finna try to give him none. And if I had it and had a bill to pay, I was going to pay my bill. I believe in giving my time and giving my offering, and I'm paying my bills. And I'm saying this to somebody tonight because you have been hoodwinked. You have been bamboozled. Somebody have hit you over the head. And I'm here to tell you tonight after you have paid your tithes and offerings, pay your bills. Stop letting these preachers rob you without a gun. Let me tell you something. I came out the street. I respect a robber. I really do, especially if he got a gun. I respect him. He has invested in his trade. He got a gun. He said, give me your money. I'm going to give it to him. But if he ain't got no gun, he in for the fight of his life. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to start scoping the room out and see what I can bust him upside the head with. Because you ain't even got no gun. You a robber without a gun. And that's what's coming in the church, robbing the people, sticking up God's people without a gun. Come on, y'all. Y'all know better than this. That's what he did. He came in the church and robbed the people without a gun. I said, well, look at the fleas on Fluffy. 
This was horrible. In the house of God. It's called manipulation. It's called deceit. It's called trickery. There's a law on the uh, on the books called uh, 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 trickery, uh, 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 theft by trickery. You can go to jail for that. The police need to start coming to church. They lock up a whole lot of preachers because if they ain't using trickery, my name ain't what it is. Theft by trickery in the house of God. They telling all kind of lies on God. God said, I have not spoken to them. I have not talked to them. God said, I don't even know them. They are liars, filthy, greedy liars. And they use the same tricks. They ain't got nothing new. And the people of God fall for it every time. Let me tell you something. If the spirit of the Lord Leads you to give, then you give. But don't let a man compel you to give because the Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. Don't let a man browbeat you into giving. Let that be the spirit of God telling you to give. It's just like you see the people on these street corners with a sign, we'll work for food, homeless, need this, need that. You got to be led of the spirit. You can't give to every one of them people. You must be led of the spirit. You got to have the wisdom of God. You got to have discernment. And you got to pray for that. That don't just come naturally. If you give to every one of those people you see on every one of them street corners, you're going to end up in the pole house. God said, the principal thing is wisdom. We need wisdom. God will show you who to give to. But y'all don't need wisdom when it comes to giving to these crooks. They just come in and tell y'all, give up the money, and they ain't even got no gun. And y'all just, just <laughs> they just raking it in. They're just raking it in. So the word of the Lord says in Joel, let the priest, and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, let them intercede on behalf of the church. Lord, spare your people. We have sinned. We have done evil in thy sight, O God. But God, take not thy mercy from us. Destroy not your people, your heritage, God, lest the enemy say, you brought us out here and couldn't keep us. Your name is at stake, God. We're crying out to you on behalf of the church. The scripture says, put a mark, not the mark of the beast, so don't get this confused with the mark of the beast. He said, put a mark upon everyone that is sighing and crying over Jerusalem. Everybody that's sighing and crying over the spiritual depravity in the church today. Everybody that's sighing and crying because of the wickedness that has crept into the church. Everybody that's sighing and crying over these lying pastors and these lying preachers. 
everybody that's sighing and crying over the sexual immorality that's in God's house, everybody that's crying over sin in the camp. That's why we are being defeated. That's why we have no victory, because sin is in the camp. When the children of Israel went to Ai, they should have won that battle hands down, but they didn't win because there was sin in the camp. Where are the people that are weeping over the sin in the camp? So the Lord told the prophet to tell the people, put a mark on everybody that sighs and cries, and everybody else utterly destroy them, slay them. He said the men, the women, the maids, and the children. You know what? They are no longer. They are no longer, they have become desensitized to the sin in the church. It's, it's like it's natural now. It's nothing to see uh, two men uh, in the church. Some might say the first man and the first, the first man, the, the pastor and the first man. What kind of mess is that? Y'all know that ain't right. That don't even, I couldn't even say it. It don't even sound right. The pastor and the first man. What in the world? Devil, you are crazy. And you have deceived the people of God. You know what? Somebody showed me a picture, two men, and this one girl, she made a comment and said, oh, they have a church, the, 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 the bishop and the first man, said they got a church and the service is so anointed. I told her, impossible. It can't be. That service cannot be anointed because the vessel is not anointed. Here it is, a man claiming to be married to another man and want to stand up and preach the gospel. It can't be anointed. God is not going to go against his word. The anointing destroys the yoke. If there was any anointing in that church, it would destroy that yoke between him and that man. See, the anointing is not just for specific uh, uh, special little purposes. It is the yoke-destroying, burden-removing anointing. That's what Christ said. So I don't know why, why she was able to say, Oh, uh, they have a really anointed church. Two men? I knew she was deceived. But I responded to her. I told her, that's impossible. He can't have no anointed service. The vessel is unclean. I don't care if he preached the paint off the wall. The vessel is unclean. So it can't be anointed. They're behaving like dogs. There can be no anointing in that. God ain't going to anoint what's unclean. He will not go against his word. Some people just have talent. They're great orators. They can hoop, and they can get the crowd all excited. But they can't lay hands on the sick and cast out unclean spirits because the Bible says, 
How can Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub? A house divided cannot stand. Y'all better get some word in y'all. That's how come the people, that's how come the church is deceived now and trying to become relevant to the culture because they ain't got no word in them. The word of God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I change not. God is not going to change to be relevant to the culture. That's a lie. That's a psychological lie. Some mumbo jumbo. That ain't from the word of God. God said, come out from among them and be ye separate. He never said, get down on their level and become relevant to the culture. He said just the opposite. So we got to follow this word. And when people ain't got no word in them, you can make them do anything. You can make them agree with anything. Guess what? I can say right now, thou shalt commit somersaults. And everybody in the church starts somersaulting. And nobody say, hey, is this in the word? Do we have to do this? That's because they ain't got no word in them. A wordless church. It ain't even a church. A prayerless church is a powerless church. So God said, put a mark, put an ink mark on their head if they sigh and if they cry over the spiritual condition of the church. But everybody else, he said, destroy them. Wipe them out. Utterly destroy them. Don't play patty cake with them. Wipe them out. I'm here to tell you tonight, this message is from God. It has begun. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? That's 1 Peter 4 and 17. It has begun. Judgment has begun. All right. Now we're going to go over here to Jeremiah chapter 23. Let's go over here for a minute. Hallelujah. We're going to walk through the word tonight. That's the problem here. Ain't nobody preaching the word no more. He's just giving you some motivational speech. My heart within me is broken. Because of the prophet, all my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome. Because of the Lord and because of the word of his holiness. This is the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, I'm staggering because of what God is saying. The judgment of God will make you stagger. Glory be to God. He said, for the land is full of adulterers because of swearing the land mourns. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up and their course is evil. Let me tell you something. When you look in one direction, let's say you look in, in the front, 
of you. That's Noah. And all you see is evil. And then you look to the right. That's east. And all you see is evil. And then you look to the left. That's west. And all you see is evil. And then you look behind you. That's all you see is evil. Evil is ever present. And the people are not sighing and crying. The church is not. We don't expect the world to, but the church is not. The church is just going along with it. Yeah, y'all just going along with it. Wicked leaders, wicked politicians, corrupt, just corruption everywhere. The Bible says that before the flood, because I, I, I just got to go there. I'm coming back to Joe, to Jeremiah. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 and um, verses, let me see, uh, 10 and 11. No, uh, 11, 12, and 13. God destroyed the earth by water because of the violence and corruption, the same violence and corruption that we are seeing today. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way. So for you people that saying we got to be relevant to the culture. The way of the culture is corrupt. So, so, so we don't need to we, we we don't need to be relevant to the culture. And then the word of the Lord says, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh, earth is filled with violence. Through them, and behold. I will destroy them with the earth. You see, this is why God destroyed the earth by water. Because of the violence and because of the corruption. Now, we are seeing the exact same thing today. But God has promised. And he gave us his rainbow, which they done tried to hijack. Rainbow belonged to God. I don't care what they what they try to say. Rainbow belonged to God. It is a sign of a covenant that God made. <laughs> Glory be to God. And he said that I will not destroy the earth again by water, but this time by fire. So when God destroyed the earth, this next time, it will be by fire. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. He said the land is full of adultery for both prophets and priests are profane. I didn't write that. The Bible said that prophets and the priests are wicked. Yea, in my house, I have found their wickedness, saith the Lord. 
You know, it amazes me how these people go in the house of God and do all this wicked stuff and then try to call it a service unto the Lord. One pastor, he tried to have a Super Bowl party in the house of God, in the sanctuary. Now, listen at this. They had the Super Bowl party, put the game on the big screen, and had all the deacons and the elders and the fellows were in the sanctuary. And the women had prepared, you know, the food and stuff like that. So they made an altar call during halftime. And they claimed people got saved during half, And then they went back to watching the game after the halftime show was over. And I said, you know, the devil is crazy. To come in God's house and disrespect him that way in his own house and to limit God, to put a limit on him, to say you can't come out, you, you restrict it. You can't come out. This is your house, but you can't come out until halftime. And we're going to let you out at halftime, God, so you can do your thing. And then after halftime, you got to go back in another room because we're going to have a sanctuary. I said the devil is pure tea crazy. And you want me to believe that them people got saved during halftime? You really want me to believe that? I said, people people done lost their mind. So this is what being relevant to the culture is doing. Bringing the Super Bowl party into God's house. When Jesus clearly said, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. We praise and worship the Lord in his house because it is his house. But you know what the takeaway is? Some of these churches that y'all call God's house, it ain't his house. It's your house. And that's why y'all doing all this crazy stuff because this is what you do in your house. But you would never go in somebody else's house and disrespect them in their own house. But that's what y'all doing. Y'all disrespecting God in his own house. He said, I have found both prophet and priest are profane in my house, and I have found their wickedness. He said, wherefore, their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein. I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation. I'm here to tell you, this is the year of visitation for the church. God is coming to his house. Glory be to God. I remember I met a man one time. I knew him. From, from when I was unsaved. And he was a dangerous man. He was known. He had a reputation. And people were afraid of him, especially women. But let me tell you something. I saw this man in the grocery store one day. I didn't really know him. I just 
heard of him. His reputation preceded him. And I got in line to pay for my food, and he was in front of me. He was stocking up. He was buying beer for his liquor house. And um, I knew that was him. I had no intentions of saying nothing to him. And the Holy Ghost began to speak through me in the grocery store. I began to pray in tongues in the grocery store. And I tried this. I was trying to control it. I was trying to cut it off. And the Lord was telling me what to say to this man. And I was like, no, Lord, no, I, I don't want to say nothing to him because he, he's a dangerous fella. And every time I tried to shut my mouth, the Holy Ghost would speak in the grocery store. I said, okay, okay, okay. So I told the man, I said, sir, I don't know you. I said, but I have a message from God for you. I said, when I come out the grocery store, I'll tell you what he said. He said, okay. I wasn't trying to be smart. I was just scared to death of that man because I knew of his reputation. So I was out there. He came over where I was at outside the grocery store. And I told him, I said, the Lord said for me to tell you he's coming to your house. In other words, God said, your day of visitation is coming close. You know what that man told me? Tell him I said, come on. I said, and I got in my car. And I went home because I had done what God said do, and he went his way. I never saw the man again in my life. But when I began to teach, I was teaching a group of young boys, and there was a little boy in my class. He's about 12, 13, and he wrote a story. And he told me something that had happened to his daddy. And so I had corrected his paper and everything, and he stood up and he shared his story in the class. And I asked him, he said that one day he was at his daddy's house, he said, and um, the jump out, the back door in he said, and they put guns to everybody's head. The little boy said he was so scared he peed on himself. His daddy was a big-time drug dealer. He used to beat women. He was just a hustler. He ran liquor houses. He was ruthless, and everybody knew you didn't mess with him. He'd shoot you. He'd been to prison several times. He was hardcore. Let me tell you something. That little boy said, they took them, they took his daddy to jail, and they called um, family members to come and get the children that were in that house. That little boy, I said, what is your daddy's name? When he told me his daddy's name, I almost passed out in my classroom. His daddy was that man that I told at the grocery store that God said, he was coming to his house. He told me to tell God, tell him, come on. God came. He had a day of visitation. 
they gave that joker so much time. Yeah, they, they put him away. My point is the year of your visitation. I'm going to say this is the year of your visitation. God is going to show up and show out. He said, I have seen the folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesy in Baal and cause my people to err. I have also seen the prophets of Jerusalem, a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. And all of them are unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. God said, I have not spoken to them. I have not said a word to them. Thus saith the Lord, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. He said, I haven't spoken to them. He said, I have not sent these prophets. They ran. I have not spoken to them. Yet they prophesied. God said they are liars. I have heard what the prophets said, that prophesied lies in my name, saying I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Glory be to God. God said I'm going to deal with them. Therefore, I am against the prophets, said the Lord, that steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and says, he says, thus saith the Lord. I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their likeness, yet them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all. He said, and as for the prophets and the priests that and the people that shall say the burden of the Lord, I will even punish that man and his house. See, some of y'all going to get your whole house messed up. You remember Achan? Achan got his whole family killed. Achan when 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 the children of Israel went to the battle of Ai, they were told, God instructed them not to take, he said, don't take nothing. Nothing. So this one man, Achan, he saw uh, where to go. He saw a chunk of silver, and he saw a Babylonianish garment. It caught his eye, and he stole these things and took it back to the camp and hid it under the ground in his tent. And, of course, we all know that when the children of Israel went to battle, they lost that battle. 
a battle that should have been an easy victory. And Joshua fell on his face and asked the Lord, what happened here? God said, get up from there. There is sin in the camp. And he called it out, and they found out that it was Achan. And Achan, he said, confess. Tell me what you've done. Achan said, yeah, I took the, the, the wedge of silver. I took the gold, and I took the goodly, uh, good-looking Babylonianish garment. He said, go and get it. Go get what you got hid in the tent. He went and got the stuff. And his whole family were stoned to death because of his sin. Did you just read, did you just hear what the word of the Lord said over here? He said, he said, I'm against these prophets. He said, I'm against them. They shall not profit this people at all. He said, and as for the prophet and the priest and the people that shall say the burden of the Lord, I will even punish that man and his house. See, there's some sin you commit. It, it ain't just for you. It ain't just, you know, on you. You cause your family to get killed. You cause all sorts of things to happen. And they will be punished. And God said he's going to punish that man and his whole house. Do you hear what I'm saying? It has begun. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? It has begun. Glory be to God. The pastors have a greedy dog. They do not fear God. They do not feed God's flock, but they fatten themselves. God is judging the leaders of the body of Christ because there is a greater responsibility and a greater condemnation to them that teach and preach the word of God. James 3 and 1. These pastors have been making merchandise out of the people of God. They boast and they brag about all their money, their material possessions, and all that they have while there is a dire famine of the word of God. You pastors have been weighed and found in the balance, found wanting. Y'all come up short. You have been found wanting. God has been warning us. He said, whoa. When you see the word woe, that's a warning. God has been warning us of this day and this year of visitation. 2024 is the year of visitation. He let us know that this was coming. But most of you have been so deceived that you believe that God don't even see what you're doing. God sees everything, and he knows it all. God has given you space to repent, but you repented not. At times, God even spoke to you, 
and told you to stop doing what you were doing, come out from among them and be ye separate by life unto the Lord. But you acted like the message was for somebody else. It wasn't for, for you. Those of you that see what's happening in the church today, you need to be trembling. You see what's happening down there in Dallas, Texas? You see what's happening down in the Potter's house? You need to be trembling. You see what's happening? It's just getting started. Yeah, that's just getting started. Glory be to God. Sometimes people think they got enough money to make something go away. Not this. God said he's going to deal with this. And guess what? He started at the top. He started at the top because they had made an idol out of that man. God's going to show you what he does with idols. Glory be to God. You pastors and you prophets, you need to be trembling because this is the hour of your visitation. God is shutting down many of these churches. He told me, he said, I am shutting down many of the churches, and they will never reopen. Why? Because they have idols and false fire on the altar. You see people shaking and quaking like that's the fire of the Holy Ghost. God said it's false fire. And they got these idols. They have made an idol out of that man down there in Texas. They began to worship him. And guess what? He didn't stop them. He began to believe his own press. He began to believe that he was who the people said he was. But you better remember, Herod made that same mistake. The people said, it is the voice of a God. And guess what? He bust open and the worms gushed out. He was full of worms. God killed him right on the spot. Y'all better stop worshiping these pastors and these bishops and these people that think they're such a great one or that claim to be somebody. First of all, the man ain't nothing but a motivational speaker. That's all he is. We're not called to be motivational speakers. The Bible said he gave some pastors, some apostles, some evangelists, some teachers for the perfecting of the church. He didn't say nothing about no motivational speakers. We need sound doctrine. The people of God need to hear the word of God. We need to preach salvation in Jesus' name. People are dying and going to hell while you're telling them their breakthrough is on the way. God said, preach the gospel. Preach the word in season, out of season. But you want to play patty cake with the people and give them something sweet. God says, that's, that's, it's time up for that. He said, enough is enough. Glory be to God. God is shutting down this mess because it is filthy and vile and wicked. 
and it's coming up before God as a putrefying stench in his nostrils. All this flesh, 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 it stinks before God. It doesn't have the sweet fragrance, the sweet aroma of prayer and worship. It's none of that. It's none of the flesh. Entertainment. You're putting on a show. And when the show is over, oh, we'll come back and do it again next week. God can't move in that atmosphere. He can't because he's not the center. He's not the center of attraction. Man is. We worship in men. We bowing down. We got idols. In the house of God, we made idols out of certain men and women of God. And God is emptying out the trash. Good God Almighty. I saw a bucket. And this bucket was like a bucket of slop. And it was being poured out. God emptying out the trash. He's pouring out the filth and the vileness and the wickedness that is in his, the glory of God is departed. It's the spirit of Ichabod. People trying to manufacture a move of God. It's gotten so bad, you've got to bring in smoke machines to make it look like the glory. You do that for for the television so the people who's online will think, oh, that's the glory. No, that ain't the glory. The Bible says when when Solomon dedicated the temple, the glory filled the house, and the priest could not minister because of the glory. The preacher can't preach. The choir can't sing. The ushers can't usher. When the glory of God is present in the house, the only thing you can do is fall on your face and lay prostrate before the king of glory and worship him and weep in his presence because we know how unworthy we are to be in the presence of the Lord. This mess we see in the day, it ain't the glory. It's not the glory. Our garments, the church's garments are stained with blood. But God is emptying out the trash in the pollution and the filth that has infiltrated his sanctuary. And many churches are going to be shut down and they will never reopen again. Everybody's happy. Nobody's weeping. Nobody's sorrowful. Nobody's mourning over the spiritual condition of the church. And the church is rocking and reeling like a drunk woman about to fall because she is weighed down, laden with sin. The idols and the false fire on the altar, the anointing. A certain man went to this bishop down there in Texas 
He gave him a check for a million dollars and laid hands on him. And he started quaking and shaking like that was the Holy Spirit. That was not the Holy Spirit. Ray Charles could see through that. That was not the Holy Spirit. Flesh! It was the stench of flesh. The man that laid hands on him is a flaming homosexual. How could that be the Holy Spirit? When did the Holy Spirit start dwelling in unclean vessels? I don't even cook in dirty pots. I don't eat out of dirty dishes. And do you think the Lord of glory is going to dwell in an unclean vessel? Absolutely not. That was for the cameras. That was a show. That was not the Holy Spirit. No anointing, putrefying flesh. Where are those who sigh and cry over the spiritual condition of the church? Where is the church that Christ died for? Where is the holy bride of Christ? Where? Closing with this. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel of God? First Peter 4 and 17, it has begun. Instead of true worship, there's been the spirit of entertainment. We brought in motivational speakers, comedians, rap artists into God's house. What can they tell us? What can they tell us? They come in cussing with cleavage down to their navel, half naked. What can the world tell the church? Jesus said, go ye into all nations, and yet we've got the world coming into the church. And the church is eating it up. The church is on junk food, and she has become sick. Judgment must begin at the house of God. It has begun. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliveranceminn.com. Our email address is jet245 at msn.com. 
you're led to sow a seed, you can do so through PayPal or through Zelle using the email address that I just gave you, J-E-T, all lowercase, 245 at msn.com. If you desire prayer, call us at 336-830-0601. I would encourage you, for those of you who like to pray, who are called to pray, and who want to pray, join us Monday through Saturday at 12 noon and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the sweet hour of prayer. Jesus said, can you not pray with me one hour? The phone number is 425-436-6333. The access code is 7165050, followed by the pound sign. Again, that's 425-436-6333. And the access code is 7165050 followed by the pound sign. Again, this is Evangelist Janet Taylor saying to you good night. With uplifted hands, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you, that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Good night. May God bless you.